Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to the Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And we are coming at you today, the week of summer solstice 2020. So uh, actually, today is Friday, the 19th of June, and tomorrow is summer solstice here in the Northern Hemisphere. So we are going to talk to you about that today. That being said, I also just wanted to share that we had a pretty incredible weekend last weekend. Um, and this doesn't actually have anything to do with summer solstice, but it was super fun and witchy. And so I wanted to make sure that we kind of let you guys in on this in case you didn't know about it or hadn't checked it out. But I hosted, uh, Wise Woman Witchery hosted our first uh, online witchy conference. And we had 11 presenters. Veronica was one, I was one, and then there were nine other amazing women who came on and presented on a variety of fabulous topics. And it was so fun, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but one of the cool things that came out of this event, besides the fact that we started, you know, we got some more people involved in our community. Um, we got to really shine a spotlight on some amazing women who are very wise and shared some really cool knowledge with everybody. But one of the things that came out of this is that we did giveaways for people. And one of the giveaways that we did was that Veronica did a rune reading um, because her presentation was all about the mystery of the runes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how that presentation went. Otherworldly. It was otherworldly. <laughs> other <laughs> other so magical. Um, but... Veronica did this rune reading for someone and she has been reading the runes for years and is now going to be doing it and offering that service to the community at large. So I wanted to put this out there because one of the things I love about Wise Woman Witchery, which hosts this podcast, is that my whole goal in creating that was to help women really step into their power and shine. And so not only was this conference all about helping women step into their power and shine, and then also offering tools to other women so that they could step into their power and shine, but we as presenters had the opportunity to kind of dive deeper into ourselves. And one of Veronica's skills is not only being very intuitive, but being able to read the runes. So this was my very long roundabout plug. Call Veronica, email Veronica, <laughs> Set up a room reading. Yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> I um I just have an amazing experience every single time I read the runes and um I have a deep connection with uh the Elder Food Bark, which is the rune alphabet that I practice. Um and I would love to share that with um, those who want to, you know, dive deeper into maybe something that's going on in their life. They need a little guidance um, because it's really powerful. And just like those who know about the tarot um, and, and really when you're in that space, um, divination is an amazing tool 
um, and can give you a little insight. So contact me. Let's let's chat a little. <laughs> so I will put Veronica's email address down in the comment or the in the description of this podcast. And then if you feel so inclined and are curious to learn more, you can absolutely contact her and set up an appointment for a session. Um, the other thing you can do is check out her um, presentation by purchasing the conference because now I have all 11 videos. So over 11 hours of information um, and presentations <laughs> are uploaded. Yeah, I got to watch just a couple of them and I'm like, wow, this is, a, this is amazing, a lot of info. And one of the participants actually printed everything out and made a book and I mean, oh, yeah. there's a lot of good info. Yes, a lot of good info and on a lot of different topics. I mean, Veronica talked about runes. I talked about working with pendulums. Um, we had somebody presenting on animal spirit medicine and plant spirit medicine and dream work. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was amazing meeting your guides, how to connect with your helping guides and spirits. Um, There's just so much. But anyway, if you're curious and you want to check it out and you want to see Veronica's presentation and all the presentations, you can hop over to Wise Woman Witchery's Cauldron and Mystery. And I will put that link also in here and you can purchase a mystical gathering replay which is all of the presentations in video format and all the handouts and you'll have them for always so i just want to put that out there because i felt like that weekend was just so special and mm -hmm. i really want everybody to have the opportunity to be able to tap into that wisdom that was gifted by all these incredible ladies so whoo all right yeah. <laughs> enough about that magical conference let's talk about summer solstice yeah <laughs> let's do that <laughs> oh my gosh Veronica I wish I had a button where that like has you going yeah so that like throughout my day you just all, la, la, la. yeah I did this whole thing yeah <laughs> You get tired. You get so tired of me, Emily. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I wouldn't ever get tired of that because it would always be funny. Yeah. Nice. Right? Nice. <laughs> anyway. So, um, what is the summer solstice? What is this thing? What is that? What is the thing we speak of? Well, the yeah. summer solstice is the longest day of the entire year. And it falls opposite winter solstice on the wheel of the year. So where winter solstice is the shortest day and the longest night, you know, summer solstice is the longest day and the shortest night. So it is when that moment hits, the sun has hit its pinnacle in the sky. It's reached its highest point. And uh, it is also the first day of summer. Uh, also referred to as midsummer, which is really Mid interesting. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyone familiar with a Midsummer's Night's Dream? That's when this happened. <laughs> <laughs> this magical time of year where like there's like the earth is so at its peak. Like there's so much fertility right now. Um, like I just had my first harvest in my garden. This is like the, the first fruits are coming through. Mm. My plum tree is going off right now. Mm. 
It's like, yeah. it's almost plum day. You know, that one day when all of a sudden everything's ripe and you're like, crap, what yeah. am I going to do with all these plums? <laughs> you pick them all and you got to freeze them or jam them or do something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Something. You don't want it to go to waste. Yeah. But yeah, the, the earth is going off and everything is very abundant and lush and still growing. I mean, it's, it's, it reminds me a little bit of kind of that full moon energy too. Just that like, whew, like this swelling mm -hmm. of energy. And, um, and it's really interesting to me this year because we have this swelling of energy and this amazing, like bright, beautiful sun filled day where we're celebrating the sun. And the next day is a, a new moon and a solar eclipse. So we won't, oh. we won't be able to see the eclipse here in North America, oh. but it is happening. And so energetically that's happening too. So it's like this big pinnacle of light. And then there's this darkness of the moon, which in some ways, like to me, I think about how much more the sun can shine when the moon is quiet. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's this solar eclipse. So be quiet, sun. You just shone very bright. Now it's time for you to be hidden. And then <laughs> so much animal well, also, in retrograde. <laughs> just throw that oh, out. Oh, gee. Well, yeah, that, isn't that always happening? I feel like I'm always hearing that. It's like Mer Mercury does not know how to go forward. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> well, Mercury does go retrograde more than pretty much any other planet, but um, yeah. yeah, and frequently. <laughs> What I was going to share was just about this idea that, you know, we have the, the longest day mm -hmm. is tomorrow, you know, the summer solstice. But so we have that celebrating the sun. Um, and then there's a dying that happens because every single day after the summer solstice, we have a little less light. Yeah. So there is that, you know, you know, we always talk about this, um, birth and death and rebirth, mm -hmm. this cycle, you know, and you can't just, it, it feels so strange, but you can't, it feels like you can't really even sit in this birth place without like looking over your shoulder and knowing that there's death right there, you know, like the sun is already going to start, you know, it's like that moment, oh, like you're in meditation and you, you found, you know, the, the best of the best and you're like, oh, um, awake, you're awakened. And then all of a sudden you go like, oh, I've awakened. And then, oh yeah, I just lost it. Like <laughs> that's the, oh yeah. The, the death side of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a balance, right? And I think that's one of the things I love about earth-based spirituality is that you're always going through this cycle you're following the lunar cycle so you know there's the the death and birth and and death and rebirth and over and over again the moon is growing and and shrinking and growing and shrinking and the sun is doing the same thing the earth is doing the same thing as it moves through all the seasons and it's just this perpetual opportunity for change growth and transformation when you really tap in, that's what's happening all around us. And when you follow that cycle and allow that to be kind of your spiritual path, um, you are invited into that in this whole other way, this deeper way. 
Yeah, I mean, that I feel like that's really profound because I, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I see this across humanity. And that is we have this thought of like, almost that we're static, like, okay, I'm going to be this height and this weight my whole life, or I'm going to always have this job, or I'm always going to live here in this home. And we have this false sense of security. Mm -hmm. um, when the truth is, we're always changing and there's always going to be change you know yeah. so we are following that and the more that we embrace that the more that we can um honor where we are in the moment and mm -hmm. take it for what it is you know totally yeah yeah you can it allows you to be more present in the moment and to recognize the the preciousness of each moment because every moment is different than the next and we are in a constant state of motion. I mean, mm -hmm. even in rest, we are in a state of motion because we're rejuvenating or we're healing or we're, you know, quiet, but there's, there's still something happening. So, yeah. And, and we need, and we need that, you know, like we, we can't always go, we can't always rest. We can't always, always anything really, you no. know? So no. Thank you, son. <laughs> Thank you, son. It's, so it's kind of like a funeral for the sun. It's mm -hmm. like a celebration of the light and then also a, a saying goodbye. Yep. That's, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> no, right? Because a lot of times, you know, in the, the way we celebrate um, in our circle and the way I've celebrated in the past, it's always been really accented on like happiness and joy and gratitude for the sun and what the sun brings us. And um, I do find it lacking on the, on the shadow side um, mm -hmm. as far as like, oh, okay. But there's, there is, there's always that little sadness of like, oh yeah, that's, it's going to start getting darker and darker, you know? Yes. So. Yeah, I know I was reading in one book um, that this is also a time, even though it's a time of celebration and it's, it is that time of loss, it's also um, a time to implore the sun to please not go. Like, please don't go away, sun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's How kind of, cool is that? Right? <laughs> it's kind of cool that you know, even though the sun is, quote, dying in that it is shrinking in day length and we're moving now, well, in a couple of days, we're going to start moving towards shorter days, which won't be noticeable for some time. But this also becomes the hottest part of the year, right? So even though we're saying goodbye to the light, there's still this heat and this generation and this um, transformation that's happening as our harvests get closer and closer to their fruition. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we are starting to see those first bursts, bursts. I feel like I'm lisping. Anyway, our first bursts <laughs> of, um, of garden goods, right? Like the, the first harvests are happening um, in fits and starts, you know, except for my plum tree, which is just like one giant fit. And, uh, <laughs> I think that happens with a lot of fruit trees, but yeah. um, as we move into like late summer, we start to see so much more growth and so much more um, harvest readiness um, 
you know, all the fruits and vegetables are coming to fruition. And so it's so interesting that here is this marker of this like shortening of days and this kind of dying out of the sun. And yet the momentum that it has created and the heat that continues to generate from it produces all this food and abundance that's going to carry us through the winter. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense why they call it, it makes sense why they call it midsummer then, because right. you're at this halfway point, you know, you still have a whole nother half. You've got July, you've got August. And then here in Northern California, actually our hottest month is September. <laughs> so, I mean, that's always changing. We all know that's always changing. But like we still have that harvest that happens. So you have the first harvest now, then you have Lamas, Lunasad, and then you have, you know, the equinox that happens, mm. the fall equinox, which is the last of the harvest that comes through before the fall slash winter. Actually, so. I, think, I think really Samhain is the last harvest. We have Lunasad and then equinox and then Samhain, um, but Samhain's like the like the squash and the, you know, the winter mm -hmm. squashes and kind of the last of the last before we delve into that darkness for like legit. <laughs> <laughs> when it's like, yeah, you're not growing anything. I mean, right. here we could, you can grow some things, but yeah, yeah, it's very, it's like greens, you know, that's what yeah. you can grow. And broccoli yeah. and cauliflower. Yeah. The cold weather veggies. But we're still, here we are in summer still. Here we go. <laughs> we just went down a rabbit hole. Thanks yeah. for bearing with us, guys. <laughs> um, I, I, there's something, Emily, if you don't mind me jumping into about the Stonehenge thing that I just learned about. <laughs> yeah, and I actually have something to add about that, so go for it. Oh, awesome. So a friend of mine just sent me a, a Facebook um, invite to Stonehenge online you can watch um, the summer solstice and the sun travel over Stonehenge. And apparently this is a celebration that happens every year. Thousands of people go to Stonehenge and they watch the sun, um, track the sun across the stones. Um, and because of what everything that's happening with the virus and social distancing, they're gonna do it online, which is amazing. Um, so those of you who are interested, check that out. Um, but Emily, did you wanna say something about that? Oh, just kind of, I wanted to build on what you and I talked about before we started this podcast, which was that we were discussing how humans find ways to track time and to honor time and like stone circles and whatnot are one of the ways that people did that, right? Many of the stone circles seem to be calendar-like and Stonehenge is one of them. Um, and when the sun, I believe it's when the sun rises on summer solstice, it comes up through the heel stone at Stonehenge, which is the entrance to the stone circle and it casts light into the center of the circle. Um, so, wow. right? like super beautiful, I'm sure. Um, I have not been at Stonehenge during any of these events. I've been to Stonehenge, but just not during any of these, um, you know, solar events. So I don't, I don't know what that's like, but I'm kind of stoked to be able to watch it live online. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you for technology. Yeah. Um, um, 
Yeah. I was going to share, um, I grew up in Arizona, Emily, that one of our field trips was out in the middle of the desert. I mean, I was young, so I'm barely remembering it. Um, and I don't want to misquote what the Native American tribe was. I thought it was the Pueblo Indians. I could be way wrong. Um, but out in the middle of the desert, um, there were um, some structures that were still you know, still up. And in the, these walls of these structures, there were like windows, open windows that, you know, different, um, on different walls. And so different times of year, the sun would shine through. And that was a, one of the ways, and then they would have a celebration too. It wasn't just like, oh yeah, okay, summer solstice, but they would honor the sun. It was a way to honor the sun. Um, and then and an indication of like, you know, where they were at, you know, in this, this time of year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's all across the planet and so many different cultures, you know, they honor the sun in different ways and they track time in different ways. And a lot of it is through structures, you know, and seeing, you know, like, you know, that's how we have the sundial and things have the shadow cast, you know, like how, how we can gauge and track the sun, which is, um, amazing star. It's our star. Like, right. Star. It's also survival. I mean, really, when you, you think about probably I would imagine, and this is, this is just my imaginings. This is not anything based in historical fact that I'm, that I'm like, I can't quote anything, but even before agriculture, we people relied on the sun to light the day, right? Mm -hmm. And different times of year would create different lengths of the day and would create different opportunities for hunting and different opportunities for gathering. Um, and so it was really important to mark time in some way or understand time, you know? And so I, I, I think ultimately mm -hmm. our bodies are completely linked with the cycles that exist, whether it's the sun cycles or the moon cycles, or just the, you know, the sun cycles really tie into those nature cycles of the seasons. But all of that is tied into our bodies. And so there is this way that we rely on all of that for survival. And granted, now, right, we can totally grow whatever we want anywhere in the world and transport it wherever we want it, right? So we're not eating cyclically for the most part. Um, we're not wanting for things in the winter necessarily because we'll just get it from someplace that's warmer um, just as a more global functioning um, people that we are. Yet there's still this pull to those seasons mm -hmm. that happens for us. You know, we still rely on seasons for different things. You know, fall is going back to school. Winter is the holiday season, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Spring is this time for planting and, you know, whatever it might be. Well, I, and I, I, feel like, I feel like people are affected. I mean, we're affected by the seasons greatly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's some parts of the world where there are two seasons. There's mm -hmm. no fall and there's no spring. It is cold or it's hot. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, you're growing food or you're not growing food. So you have to store it, you know, or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. So summer, it's like, oh yeah, there is summer everywhere. Right. You know, you have a hot time where you can grow food, 
where you can celebrate. It's like coming out of the cave and you're like, yay, fertility, celebrate. Um, so I feel like this time of year is a big time to celebrate. I mean, I know here in the U.S. we have all kinds of other celebrations too that happen in the summer. And, you know, people are out of school and there is the sense that like, you know, it is time to celebrate and, and enjoy the sun and soak it up. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of coming together. Um, so, you know, we've talked a little bit about the solstice. The other piece that I want to, I want to mention about this is that the Oak King and the Holly King. So the, the lore around that. And the idea is that the Oak King rules the summer and the Holly King rules the winter. And, uh, I think I'm getting that right. <laughs> yeah. <that> yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's this way that one gives way to the other right? So every solstice, there's this battle between the kings, and each time one dies while the other one takes over, and then the battle starts again at the next solstice. Um, and I just think that's worth mentioning, because it's one of the things that comes up, especially around winter solstice, but we don't talk about it as much at summer, and yet it is mm -hmm. part of that tradition as well, um, or part of that lore as well. So there's that. So how the heck do you celebrate besides going to Stonehenge and watching the sun come up? <laughs> well, um, I'll share something that we do in our group that Emily and I do in our group and we walk a labyrinth. Um, so that, that is, it's some, you know, a med, a form of meditation and we go out um, at the coast and and we honor the sun. We're there as long as we can. <laughs> and uh, yeah, walk the labyrinth and feast and um, give gratitude and send prayers. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've done that every year for a long time. A very long time. Um, I don't even remember when we started, but it's probably a solid 13 years ago or so. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not even sure why we chose that exactly, except that it was something different and it was outdoors and it was, the ocean was there and it was like all these like beautiful pieces. So, and this, there's this really magical labyrinth that we have here in Sonoma County that's been there for 30 plus years, um, kind of off this trail in the earth. People have created it in the earth and over the years have left offerings the central altar when you get to the middle is uh, just like layer upon layer of offerings people have left of letters and photographs and jewelry and, you know, money. And like, I mean, just, it's really sacred and beautiful um, food, all kinds of things. And if you're not familiar with a labyrinth, a labyrinth is a maze-like um, thing that only has one entrance, which is also the exit. But it's not like a maze in that you can't get lost. You move in and you move through the pattern of it and you get to the center and then you turn around and you move out of it in the so, same So the movie Labyrinth was misleading. That was a yes. maze. <laughs> Very misleading, true. Um, and what a labyrinth does is it is a tool for meditation and it actually creates bilateral stimulation in your brain and, um, and can help you process through things faster, the bilateral stimulation, but it also can create a calming effect. 
So uh, it's kind of a neat tool to use every time, every day, not even just on solstice. We just happen mm -hmm. to use it for the summer solstice. <laughs> Yeah, and you can see the sun so well, you know, if there's no fog, right? you know, you can track the sun and you can watch it set, which is really special, mm -hmm. you know, because there's only one day that's solstice. <laughs> right. Well, and we haven't encountered them in recent years, I think, because we have been going out, you know, when we can celebrate solstice, so it might not be exactly on the solstice, but there are Morris dancers locally who dance the sundown on mm -hmm. summer solstice. And we have several years encountered them out at the ocean in one of the big parking lots. And I think we even danced with them one year, didn't we, Ron? Yeah, yeah, we did. Like really fun. Yeah. Um, but they dance the sundown and it's kind of a public event. And so when you think about celebrating the summer solstice, why not bring some dance into it? Get out there and move your body. Nice. You know, you think another, about the heat waking you up, get moving. Another thing is people have like, like the Beltane fires, they have big bonfires to mm -hmm. celebrate. It is so, a fire festival. Yes. yes. Yeah. Celebrating the sun represented by the fire. <laughs> heat, heat, heat. Oh my gosh. It's so, today's actually not as hot as it was yesterday, but it has gotten hot here. <laughs> It was like 96 yesterday. Ugh. Yeah, it was a little too warm for my feet, but very appropriate for summer solstice. And another, another, um, I want to mention this. Some people call this St. John's Day. So um, when Christianity took over from the pagans, um, you know, the pagans like to celebrate. They wanted to keep their celebration. So they're like, okay. Sure, this is St. John's Day now. So the patron saint, St. John, he, this is his day as well. So some people say St. Jones Day for fun. You know, they're like, it's not all about the masculine. But um, yeah, and some cultures actually view the sun as uh, feminine, actually. In the Nordic culture, the sun is feminine, not masculine. Oh, um, Yeah. Yeah, the, the moon is actually, in the Nordic um, pantheon, the moon is masculine and the sun is feminine. So, just a little tidbit there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really important thing to remember is that it's, it, all of these beliefs are changeable depending on where you are in the world, right? And that it's important to find associations that fit for you. So yes, what's indisputable is that in the Northern Hemisphere, this is the longest day. So summer solstice is the longest day. Um, but maybe the, the sun feels like more feminine energy to you. To me, it feels really masculine because I always think of the sun as like driven, roar, right? Yeah, intense, yeah. Right? Super intense and going forth. But, you know, that's, that's what fits for me, but then that might, might not fit for you. And that's totally okay. Yeah. Well, and in, um, my husband was explaining that to me because when he first said, I was like, that doesn't make any sense, you know, because I'm coming from my way of thinking. The sun's always, you know, masculine and the moon is feminine. He's like, well, wait, we're talking about in the north. So it's, it's more north than we are. And the sun would not come out as much as 
the moon would come out. They could see the moon more, the, the sun would be masked. And so the feminine is that mystery, is the mask, you know, but so strong and like the, you know, yeah. Anyways. Interesting. I thought that was cool. I'm like, oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's true for half of the year, right? Because the other half of the year, their days are significantly longer than ours. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. My geography kind of sucks, so I don't actually know where in the North uh, the Nordic traditions come from. <laughs> Norway, Norway and Sweden. Right, but yeah, like, Norway, I don't know like, where that lies on a Oh, longitude, latitude, latitude from yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a that's a really good question. I need to look that up. Right, I know, I know that it's a little further north, but I don't know if that means like Alaska for us or, yeah. (laughs) Right, yeah. So, so other ways to celebrate, if you wanted to just draw some things in, some of the things that I like to do, I love to make sun tea, intentional sun tea. Um, because you take a glass jar and you put tea bags in it or herbs in it, depending on what you want to make and you set it out in the sun. But if you want to create an intention for your solstice ritual, you can absolutely write it down on a piece of paper and put it underneath the jar. And it's now magnified by the sun hitting it into your tea that you're creating. So I love the idea. I love infusing intention into things that you ingest or bathe in. I don't know why mm-hmm. I dig that so much, but I just, I just do. So if you dig that, you could totally do that too. <laughs> it also feels like a time to supercharge like crystals. And, you know, if you want to supercharge anything, because it is this, this magnitude of sun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Be careful with your crystals because some of them don't do well in the sun. Um, so if you're going to, you don't want to necessarily leave them out all day. You want to mm-hmm. maybe do a little research about what you're feeling like charging and, you know, what the best way to do that would be. Um, but it is such a good time to kind of draw in that energy and then be able to have it in something that you carry with you. Um, I, I remember last year, one of the things I had read about was creating a sun wheel. Have you ever heard of this, Veronica? Um I know of something, I don't think it's the same thing that you're thinking of, but go ahead. Well, this was about (laughs) taking like dried herbs and creating a wreath. Mm. And then you could do this in a group. I love the idea. I love group things, right? Like I love creating collective energy. I I think it's cool to do it on your own too. But if maybe you wanted to create uh, intentions with your family for this next season, Maybe everybody writes down what that intention is and you tie it onto the sun wheel, which is, you know, a circle of herbs, like a wreath. And then you actually burn it in the fire together to release all of that intention out into the world. Nice. Um, And I think right now with so much being unsettled and so much uncertainty, I mean, there is always uncertainty, but right now there's just a lot happening um, health-wise and culturally and all of it it's a lovely time to create healing intentions to send out um, globally, really, on so many Mm. levels. Yeah, so it's like anything you're wanting to magnify, really. Mm. Um, Intentions or um, like this this is a good time. And to use fire as as the vehicle for that. 
So, you know, if you, we're talking about this is a fire festival where well, you're using that fire, you know, and honoring the fire, the fire, the ultimate fire source in the sky um, at the same time, you know, you're utilizing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, just, just a powerful, powerful time. I wrote down for uh, ways to celebrate uh, fire, flowers, and feasts. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So whatever you decide to do this solstice, I hope it's a very happy and celebratory day for you and that you're able to absorb some of that, um, that solar energy to help you magnify whatever it is you're trying to create or intend, bring forth into the world. Um, yeah, that's what I wish for you all. I wish all of that as well. <laughs> I wish you I also, to- I also wish like just joy and happiness. Cause for me, this, you know, the sunshine sun just embodies that joy and happiness. Um, and I like to live in that place as much as I can. And right now it's like, oh, we can all use a little joy and happiness in our lives. So soak it up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get out there and dance around that bonfire and eat that yummy food and pick the flowers. And, you know, there's a whole piece I just realized we didn't talk about around fairies, but we'll just have to save that for some other, maybe next year. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. (laughs) well thanks for joining us today on the witch next door and uh we look forward to being back on the air we missed last week because of a mystical gathering but we are back at it and so uh, we will be talking to you next week um i forgot what our topic was following your intuition thank you (laughs) veronica saved by veronica right there (laughs) so we'll be talking about that next week so we look forward to talking to you then take good care everyone thank you for joining us on the witch next door join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical can't wait visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.